It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Washington football team, your host of the Locked On Washington football team podcast, David Harrison and Chris Russell. Today's episode of the Locked On Washington football team podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Welcome. Washington football team fans to today's episode. New listeners and returning listeners, please, if you haven't already, click subscribe or follow, rate and review the show. From time to time, we read some of those five-star reviews on the air like we did last week. And Chris, uh, I told the listener uh, that left that comment that I was going to make sure that you listened to that comment. Did you get a chance to listen to that comment? I did. I did. And it was very nice. Uh, And I appreciate the kind words for uh, for the whole show and for me, I guess, specifically. And and, uh, I I guess I am a little bit, um, maybe not a lot, but certainly a little bit sensitive, if you will, to, uh, you know, to those who who dislike me from the standpoint of David. Uh, you know, when you sometimes when you walk on a plank, right, and, and you have strong opinions, which I've been known to uh, have a time or two, uh, you know, you're not exactly as popular with the, uh, you know, with with a lot of the fan base as you'd like to be or as you uh, maybe think you should be. So sometimes uh, you get a little sensitive to that. So I, I do appreciate um uh, the comment and 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 it is uh, always a good reminder that maybe not as many people hate you as <laughs> as you think they do. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, everybody's human after all. There are no ten men uh, in this business. Exactly. Um, exactly. But when uh, when Chris and I aren't hosting this show here, you can find Chris over at the team nine eighty three to seven p.m. Eastern time Monday through Friday. Also find that on the Odyssey app. And Chris also covers Washington football team in writing for SI.com. You can find me covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the Locked On Bucks podcast and covering them in writing as well for BucksNation.com, a part of SB Nation. On Twitter, you can find Chris at WrestleMania621. Find me at DHarrison82 and find the show at LockedWFTPod. And Chris, last week, at the end of last week, after we were done recording all of our episodes, there was a press conference, Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew meeting with the media. So this is going to be our first opportunity to react to some of those thoughts. Uh, What did you think coming out of that press conference on Friday? Yeah, so David, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, getting to listen to Ron and Martin Mayhew combined, I don't think they gave away any state secrets. I don't know uh, about you, but I came away thinking more and more that indeed where there's smoke, there's potential fire that they are strongly considering. I don't want to say that they are planning and that they are definitely doing, uh, but they are strongly considering grabbing their quarterback of the future via a trade up. That's the feeling that I had. Some things that they said 
um, you know, made me kind of think that. But then, you know, as I was thinking back over the weekend, I was also kind of reading through some of the comments and listening uh, to some of the audio. And just as, just as quick as I thought that, you know, Ron specifically kept mentioning, you know, when you're at number 19, when you're at number 19, when you're at number 19, and also how hard it is to evaluate uh, players that are quarterbacks specifically, and then on top of that, that didn't play much or play at all in 2019, uh, or I'm sorry, in 2020. And he was specifically asked about you know, again, having to go back in the annals of tape and go to 2019 and 2018 to see certain players, right? And of course, he didn't name any of them. But he said, you know, it's hard to then make the comparison from 2018, 2019 to 2020 so you can see how a player improved or how a player changed. Well, if you're going to draft Trey Lance or move up significantly for a Micah Parsons, well, how do you you know, how do you say what he said and then do that without having that tape, without having that ability to evaluate how they truly improved from 2018, 2019 into 2020? And where are they at as a football player in 2021? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, it's 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 interesting because during this offseason, I've you know, I've heard some conversations about players uh, who either miss all of you know, 2020 in the NFL professional players. Uh, who missed the entirety of last season for one reason or another, whether it be opt-outs or whether it be injuries, you know, that, that tend to happen. Kelvin Harmon, you know, tearing his ACL during during summer training and then not being able to play in the season. People wonder, you know, outside of just the injury, is the year away going to really, you know, how, how much is that going to impact their performance? But then I also hear those same uh, people sometimes talking about college prospects who opted out for an entire season of college football and they're being talked about as top 10 picks in the NFL draft because they're going to come in and make an instant impact on their NFL squad so it's kind of interesting to me the dynamic between uh, an amateur who has missed a year of amateur development all now being expected to come into an NFL franchise and make a professional impact whereas this professional player who has professional experience uh, may have missed a year of professional uh, you know of additional professional experience but is being kind of undersold for missing that same season so it's it's just kind of an interesting dynamic to talk about and and you know with with Ron I think they did a good job of like you said not really giving away too much information but also kind of talking about how they consider things and and how they grade things and I think that's going to be the key is how much uh, how much are you willing to assume and how much stock do you put in what you right. already saw because for a lot of these players you really are you're drafting their 2019 version and hoping, assuming, planning, whatever you want to call it, that they either got better or you're happy drafting that 2019 version, understanding uh, that you're in a situation where you may not get that 2019 version all the way up to speed because they haven't played in, in a year or so. Um, and I think that when you're a team like the Washington football team, it's not such a terrible situation to be in. It's a harder situation to be in if you're, say, the Green Bay Packers or the Los Angeles Rams, a team that is expecting – to challenge teams like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, like the Kansas City Chiefs, if they meet them in the Super Bowl for that title run, because you need to add players, especially in the first round, that are going to come in this year. So if you draft a guy who didn't play in 2020, and it turns out that, that rust is real, and it takes them half a season to even break out of the the college rust that they now have built on them, you're you're starting a half a season behind, but you've spent a, a first round pick this year on that player for Washington. If you draft a kid. And he's got he's got that rust on him from missing a year of action mm -hmm. and missing a year of, of organized football. You have a little bit of time because you're still building this team to recover from that. And you could end up in a situation where you essentially have two first round picks, you know, coming onto your roster next year 
it's it's going to hurt a little bit in the short term. You know what I mean? If you draft, say, a Micah Parsons and he just can't come in and contribute right away, you're going to feel that hurt a little bit, feel that burn a little bit. But I think it's an interesting dynamic and, you know, something that we now know that Ron and Martin are thinking about, even though they didn't tell us how much they weigh or how much they take off because of those those circumstances. Right. And clearly quarterback was certainly a topic of conversation, but you know, the, about the only movement, you know, maybe we got was Martin basically saying, nah, you know what? It's a good question. It's a good topic. Uh, I'm not going to tell you for, you know, uh, for reasons, uh, you, you know, which certainly indicated that they don't want uh, any more out there about the particular quarterback situation. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition di- designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring. Ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring in light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day, only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high-quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced, so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. When I looked at these, Michelle Fontachie's ring stood out as the one I'd buy as a gift. It's a conversation piece so unique and cool. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 and only at BlueNile.com. Today's episode of the Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast also brought to you by our friends over at BetOnline.ag. The fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, whether you're looking for NBA games, hockey games, baseball games, or NFL draft prop bets, BetOnline.ag has them all, and they're even covering you on awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline.ag even has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. When you do make your first deposit, use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on that deposit. Again, that's promo code Locked On when you make your first deposit for a 50% welcome bonus at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Locked On Podcast Network is covering the NFL Draft from all angles. Catch up on the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 podcast presented by Odyssey. Follow Locked On NFL Draft in the Draft Dudes podcast for the latest draft news. And stay tuned for more info about our live day one draft coverage. Back now for segment two here, starting off the week at the Locked On Washington football team podcast. David Harrison and Chris Russell on Twitter at DHarrison82, at Russellmania621, and at LockedWFTPod. And for Mock Draft Monday, Chris... We've got a four-rounder coming from Pro Football Network. And starting off in the first round, we've got a lot to talk about. So let's start off pick number 19. Uh, Despite the fact they have Terry McLaurin, despite the fact they signed Curtis Samuel, signed Adam Humphreys, and have Kelvin Harmon returning, uh, not to mention Logan Thomas and some pass-catching ability out of the backfield, this mock draft has a Washington football team taking Minnesota wide receiver Rashad Bateman. 
Yeah, I, I don't get this one, and I'm not sure I'm going to get it. I mean, I understand you might want to take the best player available, and if Rashad Bateman is you know 12 or 13 on your list, and I'm not sure why he would be, uh, I, I guess you take him uh, at 19, assuming that you sit and stay at 19. But for all the reasons that you just mentioned, you not only mentioned Kelvin Harmon, you know, I mean, who knows what's going to happen with Antonio Gandy-Golden uh, they brought in Adam Humphreys to work out of the slot. You still have other guys that you're trying to take a look at slash develop with the amount of resource that they spent basically in terms of bodies position and also finances at the wide receiver spot. Plus realizing that after this upcoming year, David, you're going to have to set aside a hundred plus million dollars probably uh, in terms of a long-term deal for Terry McLaurin. I don't understand necessarily taking another precious resource and investing it in that particular position. So I'd be surprised by this. Um, and I think you can serve yourself better by attacking other needs or other BPAs. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and the writer, you know, again, the, the writer of this mock draft and, and the tricky part about doing mock drafts, is you know we all pretty much have kind of our team that we cover and, and this writer may be a league-wide co- uh, uh, person that covers the entire league i don't know um but most likely they're probably a person that covers just a specific team or even a specific division and this may kind of be outside their purview uh but the person but you know the person who did this mock draft even writes that uh, you know all the other kind of target areas that the washington football team could target here uh, are kind of off the board but then the 20th pick to the Chicago Bears is offensive tackle Samuel Cosme out of Texas, who, I mean, the Washington football team could right. absolutely justify uh, taking a tackle. Uh, Creed Humphrey is also still on the board out of Oklahoma, an interior offensive lineman. Trevon Morrig is a guy that you and I have talked about that we both kind of like for this team, and many people have targeted that position as being a position of need. So, you know what I mean? Zaven Collins is a guy we've literally seen mocked to this team at 19, and, and the list goes on. And, and look, I've done mock drafts, and I've had people come at them and say, well, this was wrong or this was wrong. So I'm not trying to get too crazy with it. Uh, but there were definitely other options for this team to take that could have made a bigger day one impact. I think the, the Washington football team kind of has their wide receiver stable kind of set right now. You're kind of looking to see if Terry McLaurin can take that step into being a wide receiver one. You're kind of seeing Curtis Samuel can fill that two slot, have some versatility uh, playing in the slot and on the perimeter, and then Adam Humphreys, et cetera, et cetera. So more of a luxury pick in this in this situation. Not, you know, never say never type of deal but Ron Rivera even mentioned in the press conference how deep this wide receiver group is so when you're a team like the Washington football team and those players are still on the board I don't see this being the spot you use uh, to spend on a wide receiver but moving in to pick 51 now he's got the Washington football team taking Louisiana state linebacker Jabril Cox yeah, and, and obviously this would be that need that we're talking about, right, with Jabril uh, coming from that LSU defense, which I know did not have a great year defensively this year, but Jabril Cox, I think he's running another pro day here uh, because he was banged up. So, um, But it's certainly at a need position, uh, and he is thought to be uh, clearly one of the better linebackers in this draft, right? And again, they, only, they not only need – a weak side linebacker, but they also need potentially a Mike side linebacker or a Mike linebacker. And Ron, even on Friday said, Hey, look, you know, we could take a strong side backer. And with the thought of maybe moving Cole Holcomb over to weak side or whatever the situation might be, uh, because they want their guys to be versatile. So uh, I don't know how you feel about Jabril Cox, but certainly that seems to be about the right spot to take him. And if you're going to get greedy, what I would call greedy, 
greedy at wide receiver in the first round under, again, this exercise. Uh, and assuming that, you know, the Micah Parsons of the world and uh, he had Jeremiah Wusu koromoa going in the top 10, which is, seems a little bit rich. If you're going to do that and bypass Zayvon Collins, I mean, to me, Jabril Cox would make some sense at 51. Yeah, I mean, the way that he he went in the first round, you know, Jabril Cox in the second round definitely fits a need and he's, he's a talented player. That's good value for a player like that. But then I look again right after that, right? Pick 52 and 53, Arcadarius Tony, the wide receiver out of Florida, and then Elijah Moore. The wide receiver out of Ole Miss, both are slot guys that attack out of the slot, have better speed than a guy like Adam Humphreys does. So if you add one of those two players, you have a slot guy that you can add to Adam Humphreys. Obviously, Curtis Samuel can work in and out. Terry McLaurin can work in and out. You literally have four wide receivers now on your roster that you can literally interchange into whatever formation you want to based on the defense that you're facing. And then, oh, by the way, again, like we talked about, Kelton Harmon, Antonio Gandy-Golden, you know what I mean, depending on how their development works and how their progression goes. You have a very formidable uh, wide receiver group. So, again, looking at the board, I'd rather go with one of those players we talked about in the first round still being available that they didn't take because they took Rashad Bateman and then take one of these two wide receivers that is that are available. Mm -hmm. They're not the same type of receiver as Rashad Bateman is, but they're a receiver that fits what this what this group could use for some added added an added you know boost of energy, um, and they're definitely very dangerous in their own right, and a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick would fit very well with them. So while I like the Jabril Cox pick, I don't like the fact that you're kind of stuck with that Jabril Cox pick because of what happened in round one. All right, moving on in this particular mock draft. Um, and, and, and you know, this is going to be an interesting pick, right? And, and it's actually a very intriguing pick. So uh, I'm glad we get an opportunity to talk about it. But Davis Mills, quarterback out of Stanford, uh, is slotted in this particular PFN mock draft at number 74 with the first pick in the third round. And I, I will say this, David, if you can get Davis Mills uh, at 74 overall, that's ideally kind of the spot that I would like to go in and I lean towards and ideally the type of kid that I might want to develop because he's big, right? Got good size. You know, he's smart. You can't be a dummy. If you go to Stanford, you know, he played in a pro system under David Shaw. Uh, you know that even though he's raw, that he's got some things that you can work with and develop. Uh, Davis Mills, what say you? Yeah, Davis Mills is a guy that's climbing a lot of people's boards and some of it might be hype. Some of it might be real. Uh, what you know is being a quarterback and then also uh, being a student athlete at Stanford, that he's got the IQ, he's got the intelligence and the ability to learn uh, to grasp an NFL you know, system. And then he's going to study behind a quarterback that's kind of known for his mental ability and some of his cerebral skills in Ryan Fitzpatrick. And he's a good young piece to add to that quarterback stable. And yeah, it gives you one more bite at the apple to possibly find your future guy. And if he can start to kind of show some of those signs of being you know, that future quarterback for your team, then maybe you bring Ryan Fitzpatrick back on another one-year contract in 2022 you let Davis Mills continue to develop and then maybe hand over the keys in 2023. And meanwhile, you have the rest of your draft capital to go around and continue building the team around him that he's eventually going to step into. If not, it's it's not a huge loss. He becomes you know a career backup or what have you. And he's a guy that you when you have to put him in, you're probably not going to be terrified of it. You're not going to be planning Super Bowl parades, but you're not going to be terrified of what's about to happen. So either way, a good investment uh, for a team like the Washington football team whether it pans out to be a franchise quarterback or just a backup that you kind of have uh, for your franchise for a long time. And, and in an area of need that I think everybody's talking about is what are the Washington football team you know, going to do at quarterback whether, when it comes to the future. Uh, and then the final pick in this mock draft, Chris, pick number 82, safety, Talanoa Hufanga. 
if I'm saying that correctly, out of USC. Yeah, I can't correct you on that because uh, I, I just can't. So here's what I'm going to say it is I think Hufanga, if that's the, I, that's the way I would say it, uh, you know, is going to be slotted in, you know, mid, you know, day three, round four, round five, somewhere in that range. Uh, strong safety, maybe a hybrid linebacker. Again, this team does like versatile chess pieces. Khalid Hudson was one of those guys. Um, they, they, you know, who knows if they're going to bring back um, uh, the, the the kid they drafted from Louisville uh, a couple of years ago, Clemens, um, you know, because he opted out, Josh Harvey Clemens, uh, last year, and he was kind of used in that role under the previous staff. Uh, but the way I look at him, we've talked about Landon Collins and we've talked about the pieces at that. You can't have enough versatile chess pieces. And if they don't exactly work out at safety or linebacker or wherever, hopefully they can at least contribute to special teams. And that's why I would always be a big fan of taking, you know, a safety or a hybrid in this particular spot. All right. Along with David Harrison, I'm Chris Russell. This is the Locked On Washington football team podcast here for Built Bar. That's right. 18 amazing flavors overall. Cookies and cream, lemon, almond, cheesecake. How would you like lemon, almond, cheesecake with chocolate wrapped around it? Mm, sounds good, huh? Peanut butter brownie of the best. Bars are covered, again, in 100% chocolate, no matter what the flavor is. Soft and easy to chew, which is important, right? And most important, they are healthy, right? Who wants a chocolate bar that is terrible for you. No, that's not what you want. You want one that tastes great and is good for you. It's low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, great for any kind of diet, including keto. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, guys, April 19th through the 26th, listen to the ultimate mock draft. 2021 featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Ross Tucker, and Michael Lombardi, our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Subscribe to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021. It's presented by Locked On and Odyssey on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports podcast music and news that matters to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. You can also listen to the Locked On Washington football team podcast on Odyssey. And selfish plug here, you can listen to my afternoon radio show on the flagship station for the Washington football team with Pete Medhurst, 3-7 to seven on Odyssey and the team 980 as well. So, David, that actually is uh, underway today as we uh, put out this episode on Monday here. 
so people can go check it out. Uh, our pick will obviously come up later on in the week, and we're not going to tell you who we went with, but I can tell you it wasn't Rashad Bateman. How about that? It also wasn't Trevor Lawrence. It was not Trevor Lawrence. You're right. We swooped in from 19, spent five first-round picks to get Trevor Lawrence. How about that? All right. Um, as we wrap up this particular episode of Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast, along with David Harrison at D Harrison 82 at D Harrison 82 at Lock WFT Pod, me uh, at WrestleMania 621. David, one thing that we um, didn't get to do on the last episode because we weren't together. Uh, uh, and one thing we need to get to right now is to continue our positional group preview. And what we're doing is ranking our top three candidates in terms of how they might potentially fit in with the Washington football team. For, for further reference, you can listen to tight end and safety on last week's episodes labeled Wednesday and Thursday, April 14th and April 15th today. We're going to start with the defensive line. So if I asked you for your top defensive linemen um, for the Washington football team, realizing that that's the strength of the team, you go where? Uh, so first and foremost, I'm going to go with Tommy Tagai out of Ohio State, interior defensive lineman. Um, you know, he's an undersized guy. And I'll tell you right now, all my picks for this list, this, this you know, on today's episode are all high upside guys. And th so their floors are going to be a little bit lower than probably people would be comfortable with, but their ceilings could be really high if this coaching staff can tap into some of the potential uh, and Tommy, you know, even, even as an undersized guy on the interior of the defensive line uh, he's, he's played with that size, you know, for his entire NFL career. So he's always kind of been an undersized guy, uh, had some success at Ohio state, a big time school, big time conference, and had some, uh, some, some big time results because of it. So, you know, he knows how to overcome that adversity and work with it instead of having it work against him. So now if he can get into a system, uh, where and, and get with some coaches who can teach him to further accentuate his positives, overcome some of those negatives, and he can become a really big threat uh, and a really big nuisance on the inside of that defensive line. All right, David, that's a good one. I'm going to go with out of UCLA, and I'm going to butcher his last name, Osa Odigazawa. I think his brother was drafted out of UCLA a couple of years ago, and I liked him there. So I don't know if I'm still saying his name wrong. I'm sure I am, but here's what I like about Osa, let's call him. All right, number one, perfect fit, I think, in a 4-3. I think he can rush from the edge. I think he can rush inside. I like that he likes to shoot gaps. I like that he's explosive off the snap. And to me, this team could be looking, again, for that continued versatility, somebody at the edge somebody that also can move inside on nickel situations. And don't forget, right, Matt Ionette is coming off of an injury uh, and you can't pay everybody. So don't be surprised if all of a sudden this team a year from now has a hole on the interior of that defensive line. Yeah, absolutely. Also, Digizawa is a good, good prospect. And my second prospect on this list is Rashad Weaver out of Pittsburgh. Uh, and again, another guy that has a potentially really low floor, but also potentially really high ceiling if this team can can tap into it a uh, guy who's got some length he's got some ability some some athleticism he does have some consistency issues he does have uh, some strength issues not not the best guy technically speaking with using his size and, and everything as leverage and learning how to do that but again those are things that can be taught you can teach a guy how to change their pad level how to get better with hands how to get better with weight distribution you can teach those things 
at the NFL level, the things you can't teach are the things that Rashad Weaver does really, really well. So that's why I like him as a day three. All my guys are day three picks, and those that's kind of what you're looking for is day three, right, is a guy that does something really, really well that we're hoping to teach to do the rest of it to bring the whole package together. Yeah, and same with me. And I'm going to go for my number two guy, Carlos Basham uh, from Wake Forest. You know, I think he – I don't know if he does just one thing well and he's a little bit inconsistent and they're going to have to tap into that, but I think he's a guy that could present – a live body with some pass rush ability and also stopping the run. And for me, number three is uh, Malik Herring from uh, Georgia. I'm going to just wrap it up quickly by saying again, you know, we're all projecting who's going to be there in the later rounds for a non-pure need. This team could use some edge rush help uh, because of Kerrigan and because of Ryan Anderson leaving. So I'll leave it at that. Yeah. My third guy is Rashad Weaver's teammate running mate at Pittsburgh. And that's Patrick Jones, who a lot of people think actually looks better as maybe a 3-4 outside linebacker. He's a little bit smaller, not quite as athletic, but he does show a lot of technical skill. The problem with Patrick Jones, really, to a lot of people, has been juice. And you and you look at this team, and you see guys like Chase Young, who should be able to get the young fella to be able to put some more motivation in there and you know be a day three guy, go out there and earn yourself a multi-million dollar contract in your second deal. And that's, that's if that's not motivation enough for Patrick Jones, he's just not made for the NFL. All right, another episode in the books, Mock Draft Monday, and our top three defensive line options for the Washington football team. As always, thanks for listening, sharing, subscribing, uh, commenting, and rating and reviewing. Uh, As always, we look forward to being with you throughout the rest of the week. David will be off on the next episode. I'll be solo. Uh, We will hear from Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew then. Thanks for listening. Have a great start to your week right here on the Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.